Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we are all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, well, good to see everybody today. So glad you made it. Yay, let's celebrate one more time. God is good. Yeah. Hey, I wanted, uh, I wanted to just share a testimony with you. I know I've, I've shared the last couple of weeks. Hey, church, we're dealing with a, a kind of a giving shortfall. And, and I've meant to be that more matter of fact, not trying to make anybody feel bad. Just want you to know. And, um, and this past Friday, I got an email from a brother in our church that uh, he just said, hey, I just uh, received a large sum of money. And, and um, I'd like to give a special offering to the church and, uh, and uh, to missions. And the amount I want to give to the church, it, it, where's the need? Because the amount I want to give is $12,600. And I just thought, man, that's amazing. I mean, maybe for some of you, that's not a big deal. To me, that's a big deal, right? Big deal. Because I don't know what that represented. I don't know if that was, that. hey, they sold the business or sold a house or what. But, uh, but to, I, for that brother to say, the first thing I want to do is I want to take the tithe on that and bring that to the church that I'm part of and blessed to, to see the mission thrive in. That's amazing. And then for some of us that don't do much giving at all, I want you to hear it like this. Like, that brother's kind of making up for you a little bit, if I could put it that way. <laughs> that doesn't mean you're off the hook, but it does mean that God's on the move. Like, when that kind of thing happens, all I can say is, God, you're moving. Because no man can make a person like that, make a brother's heart go, this amount? I'm putting, I mean, you buy a used car with that much money. I don't know well if you can right now, but you could have a couple of years ago. Anyway, I just thank God for that. And uh, if you're new with us, this is a, a Sunday where we're doing a message series. This is the fourth week of that. It's called Thunderstruck. And we're talking about uh, hearing God's voice and getting the direction and guidance we need in our lives, listening to God and hearing his voice. So I was thinking about this uh, this whole, when I was thinking about hearing God's voice, this moment came to my mind, and I probably don't have the details all exactly right, and it probably happened, this kind of thing happened probably lots of times, but I can remember being, you know, something like seven, eight years old around there, and my sister and I would do something wrong, do something mischievous of some kind, and get in trouble, and then uh, we'd get sent to our rooms, and so we'd be sent to our rooms, and I'm sure I'm the only one that can possibly relate to that, right? Get sent to the room, and after 20 minutes or so, maybe 30 minutes, you start losing your mind. You're like, what do I do? I mean, because this was, there's nothing to do. There was one TV in the house at that time. It was downstairs in the room alone, and, um, and, then, and then this is what happened. Uh, in, in these moments, my sister would hear a voice, and the voice would say, hey, Christy, are you there? And then uh, she would answer, and she would say, yeah, I'm here. What do you want? <laughs> and I'd say, well, I think, I think we should apologize. We should go apologize. And then she would say, no, you go apologize. 
<laughs> and so what was happening was we were talking through the air ducts. I don't know about, about where, where you grew up, but where I grew up back east, all the air ducts in the houses were just uh, rectangular metal. And so they conducted the, the sound really well. It was like a built-in intercom system for kids, practically. And so we would be talking through the air vents to each other. Am I the only one? Can anybody else relate? Raise your hand if you ever talked through the air vents to your siblings when you were in trouble. And so and, and we would talk in the air vents, and, and, uh, and it really worked. It, it, it worked. You could hear one another. Some of you don't even believe me right now. You're like, I don't know about it. I don't know if that works. It works. Actually, I'm going to prove it to you. I need four volunteers. I need four volunteers, but you got to be like an adult for this one. Right, so I need four volunteers. Like, maybe Will. Maybe Will. You can just jump up here. And what's, and what's your name? Macy. Mandy. Will, Mandy. Okay, come on up. Brother, your name again? Mitch. Mitch. Mitch, Will, Mandy. I need one more. Oh, she's here. Hey, guess what? This is my sister, Christy. She's visiting from Florida. <laughs> That's too funny. That's too funny. All right, so here's what we need to do. Okay, so, um, uh, so uh, I need you two brothers, Mitch and Will. I need you to turn around and pick that thing up. Okay, so go ahead and pick it up and carry it right to the front. And uh, Mandy, you come over on this side, okay? Because you didn't believe me. So now I got to prove it to you that it works, okay? So we got air ducts right here. And let's turn it, let's turn it like this, sideways like that, okay? Okay, so we got the air ducts all set up. And here's what we're going to do. Mandy, uh, you're going to stand right here. Actually, let's, um, let's turn it, turn it turn, rotate it for me, so like this. There we go. Okay, there we go. Okay, so Mandy, you're going to stand right here, and uh, you're going to speak, and you're going to say something to my sister, Christy, like I used to do. We're going to try this out, for real. And so you're going to just say this in just a moment, and you stand right about where you are right now. You can get a little closer if you want, um, and uh, just right about there, and, and I need you to all clap for 10 seconds. Ready? Go. Clap. Let's it. Okay, what did you hear? What did you hear? The joy of the Lord is my strength. Wow, even through all the clapping. It wasn't supposed to work that way. It was supposed to be like the noise was supposed to be distracting you. But my sister's so good at this. Just so much practice. <laughs> we'll try, try it one more time. Uh, uh, see a little bit further, if you can still hear. Ready, clap, and go. Okay, what did you hear? Okay, so the distance mattered. Yeah. You had to get a little closer. Get a little closer again. Okay. This time, uh, go ahead and clap and cheer and shout and ready. I couldn't hear it. What? Can you do it again? Uh, too much noise. It messed up the ability to hear. Okay, half the volume this time. Ready? Go. Okay, what did you hear? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Yes. Okay. So, point is proven. First of all, when she's this far away, she's speaking, but she couldn't hear. But even when it was noisy, not saying that you guys were noisy, but, but when she was close, she could hear, and the word came through. 
I just want you to have a visual picture of this. It's like God is always here, always here speaking. His, his word is coming. And what remains is for you and I to decide, are we going to just be over here like, I don't care. And I'm, not, I'm saying, oh, I don't hear anything from God. Or are we willing to get right up close and, and, and set our hearts on hearing from God? Because that's what we really need to do. Thank you, Mitch and Will. Can you guys put it back where you found it? Point proven, Mandy, Christy, thank you very much. You guys are amazing. Give it up for the four volunteers. <laughs> it's so much fun that my sister's actually in town when I was talking about her. That's fun. <laughs> We're going to spend a little bit of time in, in, in uh, 1 Samuel, but before we get to 1 Samuel, I want you to know from the outset, this is where I'm coming from. Jesus says in John 8, 47, that those who belong to God hear what God says. Straightforward. I, I'm going to ask you to read this verse with me. Just the beginning of this. Ready? Go. Those who belong to God, here's what God... Well, I'm sorry. I totally messed that up. I can read. I can read. Let's try it again. Ready? Go. Whoever belongs to God, hears what God says. And, and this, this is a truth from Jesus that I think we just need to underscore, that we... we we have a right to anticipate and expect that God will speak to us. And we then, because we know what Jesus revealed, that we can expect God to speak to us, we need to decide whether we're going to get close enough to hear him. And my message today is just simply this, very straightforward. I set my heart on hearing from God because I'm a servant of God. I set my heart on hearing from God because I'm a servant of God. I want you to say it with me. Ready? I set my heart on hearing from God because I'm a servant of God. One more time. Say it. I set my heart on hearing from God because I'm a servant of God. I made it almost sound like a limerick, huh? <laughs> I just found out on 23andMe.com that uh, I'm actually like one-third Irish. I never knew that. So I feel like I'm very entitled to make a, a point in my sermon that sounds like a limerick. I set my heart on hearing from God because I'm a servant of God. Right? It's <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I'm, I'm wanting for us to catch this, uh, this idea, and so we're going to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 3. Open up your Bible or your Bible after 1 Samuel chapter 3. So big picture, uh, in the Old Testament, there are a few prophets that, uh, that loom really large. You've got Isaiah, you've got Jeremiah, you've, you've got Elijah and Elisha, and then Samuel, and those are kind of the five biggies. But Samuel is uh, one of the prophets that is so important in the history of God's people. He was one of the leaders of Israel, and then he anointed Saul to become the first king of Israel, and then he anointed David to become king. And so Saul, uh, this, Saul, uh, this Samuel is an important, important person in the Bible, and we're going to read a part of 1 Samuel, but this part of Samuel's life is when Samuel was a baby. The backstory is that, and you're turning to 1 Samuel chapter 3, right? But the backstory is that his mother had pleaded to be able to have a child. And when God gave her the gift of life, precious gift, she dedicated her boy Samuel to the Lord. Sounds good, right? We do baby dedications a little differently. We do a baby dedication and people come up on the platform and then for five minutes we pray and say, Lord, thank you. And then it's done. Not exactly what happened for this woman. She dedicated her child to the Lord, and it meant she came to the temple or the tabernacle and said, here's Samuel, bye. <laughs> and he literally got to grow up in the tabernacle with the priests. And so he, he was dedicated to the Lord at a young age, and the older priest, his name is Eli, 
became almost like a father to Samuel. And so Samuel grew up in the tabernacle uh, and uh, this old man, Eli, was a kind of a father figure to him. And this old man, Eli, old priest, also had kids of his own. His own kids had gone way off track and were messing things up. But that's kind of the backstory of everything that was happening. And with all that in mind, we uh, jump to 1 Samuel chapter 3 and pick up there. It said, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. Let's pause for a moment. I want to keep reading, but I trip over what we just read. I'm going to go back there to just that first verse one more time. It said, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, why don't you read the next part of it out loud with me? Go. Messages from the Lord were very rare. And visions were quite uncommon. I read that and something inside of me says, that was not the way God wanted it. It's the way things got, but it wasn't what God necessarily wanted. That passage is descriptive, not proscriptive. And what I see is that the messages from the Lord were very rare, visions very rare, and I, I don't want it to ever get that way in my own life. I mean, that's really, when I read that, I go, help me, God. I don't ever want to get there. And, and I wonder how they got there. How did God's people get to the place where God, who had been leading them by a pillar of fire by night and cloud by day, how did those ones get to this place where the words of God, messages of God were very rare? And I wonder if maybe it, it got that way because they settled for a kind of a surface level religiosity. Eh, we'll just do the rituals and we'll do the routines and it'll all be good. And I wonder if maybe they just got too familiar, too, too much in a place of almost taking it for granted. Like, yeah, we're, we're the chosen people. We got a covenant with God. It's all good. But, but before we start pointing fingers, I wonder if we could get that way a little too sometimes. Yeah, I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. It's all good. Whatever. I mean, I'll go to church a few times. I might go on Mother's Day. I might come on Christmas. I'm not trying to hurt anybody right now, but I'm just saying. But more than going to church, it's like, you know what? I'm going to be going to heaven one day, and so it's all good. And we, we kind of check out almost. And then we begin living our lives where messages from the Lord are rare. I don't think God wants it that way. In fact, I think it's the opposite. I think Jesus said it right. Jesus said it. He said, those who belong to God, here's what God, what God says. He wants it that way. Jesus intends for you and I to live in a relationship with him where we actually hear what he says and, and receive the blessing of his, his guidance in our lives. When you hear the voice of God, you know what happens? When you hear the voice of God, you get guidance for what's meant to happen next in your life. And when you hear the voice of God, you get an empowerment that surges into your spirit so you can keep fighting through whatever you got to fight through. When you hear the voice of God, you get comfort right in the middle of where you're distressed and hurting. When you hear the voice of God, sometimes you get a warning that helps you not fall off a cliff. Sometimes when you hear the voice of God, you get a correction because you've gotten off base, but he loves you too much to leave you there. And sometimes when you hear the voice of God, it's like the, the, the revelation or the answer, the strategy from heaven is being revealed to you about stuff. 
Who wouldn't want that? Do, do you want, I'm going to ask this question, do you want that? Because I believe God wants that. I believe he, he's always standing, if I could say it like this, always standing at this end of that ductwork, always speaking, always with a word for you, always with a desire for you to receive a message. But what remains is, where will you end up on the other side? Will you come close? Will you draw near? Because James 4, 8 says you draw near to God, he's going to draw near to you. We're talking about hearing the voice of God, but really at the heart of it, it's about living as people who, who experience encounter with God. To be people who, who don't settle for surface level religiosity, but instead always, to whatever degree we can, lean in for what God might want to do to touch our lives to speak his encouragement over us, to speak his life over us, to speak his power over us, to speak his bravery over us. He may roar like a lion or he might whisper like the winds, but he's always got a message. Your receiving of it is what becomes rare. Did you hear me? He's always got a message. Your receiving of it becomes rare. And Eli and his sons, you start reading the backstory of what was going on in Second Sam, First and Second Samuel. They they were not receiving what God was bringing to them. His sons were off, you know, doing a bunch of debauchery, and Eli was off snoozing and not even paying attention. And I find myself reading this and saying, "God help! I never want to get to that place where I am. I'm so familiar with you that I take it for granted." I never want to be in a place where I'm ignoring what God is speaking over my life and to my heart. I never want to get to a place where I'm so familiar with God that I go, ah, he's, he'll, he'll talk to somebody else. I'm sure it'll be fine. I want to be the one who's listening. I want to be the one who's listening. I, I got to keep reading. I'm going to just keep going. Verses 2 to 7, it said, one night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. And the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. He he ran to Eli. He ran to Eli. (laughs) Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. And then the Lord called out again, Samuel. And again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. The scriptures are revealing you can't really even know God without his word. You can do religion. It didn't, say, it didn't say that Samuel was a bad person. It didn't say that Samuel didn't have good intentions. It didn't say anything of that. It just simply said, observation, he, he did not yet know the Lord because he had not received a message from the Lord. And the scripture is revealing that a, a real faith, a real legitimate spiritual life following Jesus is, is characterized by you knowing the Lord. And at the heart of knowing the Lord is being able to catch what he's saying to you to catch what his heart is for you. That's at the core of of knowing the Lord. But you know what else I'm noticing here? Check this out. God is speaking. We read that 
in those verses, two, three, and four. It said that the Lord spoke and said, Samuel. But what happened with Samuel? When God was speaking at first, Samuel didn't even know God was speaking at all. He, he just went to Eli. Hey, Eli, was this, what, what do you need? <laughs> so I want to just say something. If you kind of struggle with this idea of hearing from God, hearing God's voice, and you're wondering, what is this all about? I don't know if I've ever heard God's voice, and I don't know what it's like. You're in good company. Because the great prophet Samuel, the beginning of his journey about hearing from God, it started with God speaking and him having no clue about it. It started with him going, Eli, what you need, man? I'm here. (laughs) And so there's room for all of us to grow. There's room for a guy like Samuel to begin his journey at first of hearing God speak, but not even knowing that it was the voice of the Lord. But what what I see, though, is that three times God still came after him. God wanted to catch his heart. And Samuel didn't let go. Samuel didn't let go. And I'm, I'm not letting go. I set my heart on hearing from God because I'm a servant of God. I want you to just say that one more time with me. I set my heart on hearing from God because I'm a servant of God. And as, as I'm, I'm reading the next part of it, you'll see what happens in verse 8. It says, so the Lord called a third time. Verse 8. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? And then... Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. Do you know? Pause right there. Keep it on the screen. Sometimes we need some Eli's in our lives. Some people that have been around the block a bit more and can help us understand when God is on the move, doing something new, showing us something, revealing something to us, being uh, there to coach us in catching what God's heart is. Keep that on the screen for a moment. We need God's Eli's around us. Some of you, you need to step up and be an Eli to somebody. Uh, someone else, you need to get some Eli's around you that can help you figure out when God is speaking and what he's saying. Because even the great prophet Samuel, he needed someone in his life that he could debrief with. What does it seem like is happening? And it says Eli realized that God was, uh, was calling the boy in verse 9. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. If someone calls again, say, Speak. Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed, and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. These these moments, to me, these are some of the most important moments in the Bible. This is a moment of spiritual awakening for Samuel. We know the flip side. We know Samuel, the guy who wrote 1st and 2nd Samuel in the Bible. We know Samuel, the one who said, uh, man looks at the outside, but God looks at the heart. We know the prophet Samuel, the one who said uh, to Jesse, now I don't want your tall, handsome son. Give me the, the one that's out in the, in the field in the back, David. He's the next king. Samuel, we know all, that about, all of that about Samuel, the prophet. But this is the moment where it all began. The moment where the lights are starting to come on for him. The moment where I heard this voice and man, I thought it was Eli. And I heard it again. I thought it was Eli. I heard it again, but Eli told me it was God. And now I'm hearing it and saying, ooh, it's God. And he's beginning, he's beginning to get a sense of what it feels like when you start hearing the voice of God. 
And I just want to say, for every one of us, we can have a Samuel-like journey too. And maybe it begins where we're not really sure how this all works and we're not sure what to do with it. But maybe there's some people in our life, maybe it's your small group leader, maybe it's someone in the men's ministry or women's ministry, maybe it's one of the pastors around here, but we say, hey, I'm I'm having this sense of God speaking to me, what do you think? And there can be a growing and a learning and a discerning, like Samuel had, where we get to the point where we can know God's speaking to me. But but at at the core of this moment is what we saw in verse 10. Go back there with me, verse 10. It said, and the Lord came and called us before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, say it with me out loud, go. Speak, your servant is listening. Say it again, speak, your servant is listening. One more time, say it. Speak, your servant is listening. These three factors, these three factors can change change the calibration of your spirit within you. First, speak. Would you just say that word, speak? It, it comes from a conviction deep inside that God is not distant and far away like some kind of a clockmaker deity that just said it and forget it, but that he's close and he's willing to communicate, that he has something on his heart that he just might want to say, that he has some revelation to bring. He's got insight that's worth paying attention to. Speak, God, speak. It comes from a conviction that I know that he's not silent, but that maybe my reception isn't up where it needs to be. Speak. Do you, do you, do you see what I'm talking about? Start with this conviction. Speak. Speak, Lord, because if you speak to me, I'll have the answer. God, if you speak to me, I'll receive the strength. God, if you would speak to me, I'll have an understanding. God, if you would speak to me, I'd get direction. God, if you'll speak to me, I will have comfort. God, if you'll speak to me, I will have a strategy and wisdom. Speak. Everybody say, speak. He said, speak. And then he said, your servant is listening. Your servant. Say it one more time. Your servant. Second conviction. So our first conviction is, my God speaks. He shares his heart. He downloads from heaven. He pours out wisdom. Speak. But the second conviction, servant. Servant. I'm grateful that in Jesus, there's this revelation. Jesus invites us to know God as our heavenly father. What a gift to live every day knowing I'm a child of God. I love that. I'm grateful for that. Aren't you grateful to know that you're a child of God? And Jesus ups it even more in a certain moment when he said, and now I call you friends. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, looking at you and me saying, you're friends, that you actually get to have a friendship with God Almighty. Crazy good. But none of those things ever take away the reality that I am also a servant of God. It's not either or. I am all of the above. I am a child of God, loved by my heavenly Father. And I'm a, I'm a, I'm a friend of God. He he calls me friend. I'm a friend, but I'm also a servant. And this is important because if I'm a servant, I need to do what he says. I can't be just doing my own thing all the time. I can't be just living for me, getting my own way all the time. I can't just be deciding, no, what I want. That's the only thing that matters. No, because I'm a servant of the Lord. And if I'm really a servant of the Lord, then at any given moment, 
the top of the line is God, what do you say? And what you say goes, because I serve you. I don't just serve my own desires. I don't just serve my own inclinations. I don't just serve the, what they say around me because it's in the, in the zeitgeist, in the popular uh, spirit of the age. No, I serve you, God. I, I'm a servant of God. And so I set my heart on hearing from God because I'm a servant of God. I want you to say that one more time. Say, it. I set my heart on hearing from God because I'm a servant of God. One more time, say, it. I set my heart on hearing from God because I'm a servant of God. That's who I am. I, I, I identify that way. I identify as a servant of God. And what God says defines the course of my life. What God says sets the trajectory for my destiny. What God says begins to form and shape the path I'm going to take. What God says reigns and rules over my life. I'm a servant of God. My question to you is, first and foremost, do you have an expectation that you would hear God speak, number one? And then my second question for you is, do, do, you, have, do you have a conviction about who you are as, as somebody who would identify as a servant of God, or are you just serving yourself on this earth? There's no greater glory than serving the purpose of God. God who brings the gospel of freedom and salvation. God who brings light and life. God who sets the prisoner free. God who empowers a movement that changed this entire world and still will until he comes back. I'm a servant of God. And I'm listening. I'm listening. Come on, say, I'm listening. Each and every day, I'm listening. I choose to set my heart in a direction where, where I can come close. I can see what you've got to say, God. So, so let me ask you a question. What gets in the way of the listening? What gets in the way? If you remember when we did our thing with the pipe a little bit earlier with the air duct, it was all of the noise that actually she was too good and then it didn't work in my little illustration. But if, if you would have imagined it with me, right? All the noise can keep you from clearly hearing what God has to say. So I guess I'm saying, deal with the noise. What's the noise in your life that keeps you from really hearing from God? What are the distractions? Maybe it's, uh, maybe it's that you, you, you get this device that becomes almost like a permanent outgrowth from your hand and all you actually are listening to is what everybody else has to say on TikTok and Instagram and whatever, Snapchat, whatever. And it's such an addiction that it's become a distraction, and I might even say an idol, because it gets first place in your life. Maybe if you actually want to hear from God, maybe you will need to find a way to ah, get some freedom. What other kinds of noise become distractions for you that cause you to not be able to hear the voice of God? Maybe it's that, you know what I do? I just listen. I just listen to hours of podcasts, hours of podcasts, and then hours of this one particular news thing, and hours of it. And then I'm asking, well, where's the space where you push that stuff aside and just sit and say, speak, your servant is listening. Because if all I do is fill my whole mind and all my time with listening to nothing but this particular channel and these podcasts, I'm not going to catch his heart. It's going to be drowned out by the noise. So I'm asking you, 
to do a little evaluation. Do you want to hear from God? Do you have a conviction that he would speak to you in his way, whatever his way might be? That's two weeks ago. There's 10, at least 10 different ways. But do you have a conviction that he would speak to you? Do you see yourself as a servant of God, one who can, can do what he says in this world? And are you listening? Are you listening? Are you listening? Because sometimes what we need to do is we need to have a lifestyle where we take our, our life and, and we literally... At any given moment, just begin to say, don't worry, I won't drop it on you. I think. God, what, what do I do? And we listen. And we get close. And we hear him. And he will speak. He does speak. He, he answers if you would incline your ear to him. And so what are you going to do about this? Like, will you make some space in your life where you would lean in close so that you could hear, hear, hear his voice? Isaiah 30, 21, one of my favorite passages about the voice of the Lord, and it says this. It says, well, you're wondering what to do, whatever, whether you turn to the right or to the left, you, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. T to me, this prophetic picture is a revelation of actually what God wants for you. That you would be able to live your life in any moment with God speaking. This is the way. You don't know what to do right here? Hear the voice of God. He wants you to live with his direction, his guidance that comes from an encounter with him. An encounter. He's, he's always wanting for you and me as his people to go beyond a kind of a surface level religiosity. He's always wanting for you and me as his people to be uh, who, who we are meant to be, sons and daughters who, who know our heavenly father and listen for, for his voice. You know, sometimes people say, oh yeah, I've heard the voice of God. There was this one time, 23 years ago I heard from God. And I'll say, oh, say more about that. And they'll say, yeah, well, you know what? We were, uh, uh, we were, about, we were about to get divorced, and we were separated. And, and then God spoke to me, and I heard him clear. He said this, and, I, and so I, and, and I hear about those things, and I, and I think it wasn't that God only wanted to speak to you 23 years ago. It's just that that particular moment 23 years ago, things got bad enough that you were finally desperate enough to actually clear the distractions and start listening. But I think that God actually desires for you to live with a, a life of relationship with him where at any moment you can hear what he has to say. That's what he desires. I hope you'd receive it. Then Isaiah 55, verse 3, he speaks and he says, come to me. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen, and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. Listen, and you'll find life. It's good news. All right, everybody's zoning out right now. It's time for lunch. We've got to wrap this up. I can see it on your faces. People getting hangry. I see it right there. I'm, just call it like it is. So speed through to the runway. John 10, 27. This is, this is what Jesus says. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life 
I give them eternal life. This is the word of Jesus. I want you to read verse 28 out loud from the screen. Ready, go. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Keep that on the screen for a couple minutes because I want to just dwell on this. I am so grateful that I live my life knowing that no one can snatch me out of the hand of Jesus. No, 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 no sin, no temptation, no shadowy thing, no demonic devilish thing, not what they said about me, not her opinion, nothing can snatch me out of the hand of Jesus. This is such a blessing to live this way. Every single day to know no one can snatch me out of the hand of Jesus. What, a, what a, an amazing way to live. And for, if somebody right now, you're going, what is everybody shouting about? We're shouting about the fact that it's amazing to live and wake up and go to sleep every day going, no matter what, I'm in the hands of Jesus and he's got a hold on me and he's never letting me go. And I'm safe with him. He's got me. Jesus has got me. That's what those verses are revealing. And I'm grateful I get to live this way. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm grateful I get to be perfect every day. It's not even about that. It's about I get to be held in the hands of Jesus and nobody can snatch me from him. And, and that, that's something to shout about. But it's also something I want you to hear. He says, I give them eter eternal life. I give them eternal life and they'll never perish. I give them eternal life. Many of us are shouting because we're going, he gave it to me. There's nothing better, and I'll never take it for granted, and I will not restrain my shout when I know that he's paid such a great price for me to receive this gift of eternal life. I will shout about it. I will give him glory for it, and I won't hold back because I'm grateful for the gift of eternal life. Whew. But for somebody, man, you're kind of wondering what this is all about. It's about this. It's about you can receive eternal life paid for in full by Jesus as a gift that he's willing to give you simply for the asking. And so today, I'm, I'm praying that for somebody, you would receive his gift of eternal life. And, and the way that happens is you, in a moment in time, once and for all, you turn to Jesus, and you turn from your sin, and you turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, yes. Jesus, I give you my life. I believe in you. That's the hinge point. And then the door flings wide open for you to live in an adventure filled by the presence and power of God, Amen. by grace through faith in Jesus. So I want to pray right now that for somebody there would be a spiritual awakening this Mother's Day, and that maybe today would be the day you would once and for all say yes to Jesus. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the hope we have in Jesus. I thank you, God, that for so many of us, we can't even help. We, we, at the mere mention of the gift of eternal life, and not, no one can snatch us away from you, we just can't even help but shout. Grateful, God. <laughs> and so, Lord, I pray that for somebody, that this moment today would be the moment of spiritual awakening, once and for all. Uh, for somebody, you know, you're here right now and you're trying to figure it all out, just hear this. God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, that you would not perish, but would have eternal life. And whosoever would believe in him, is the hinge point. And so if, if you've never actually had a moment of saying, Jesus, I put my trust in you, then maybe right now that should uh, be what happens for you. So while we're praying together, God, I pray for that spiritual awakening for somebody. And if you're sitting here going, man, I don't want to walk around the rest of my life with the weight of my sin on my own shoulders. If you're sitting here right now going, man, I don't want to have to 
think about the threat of hell when I die. I would love to know that heaven awaits. If you're sitting here right now thinking, man, I, I wish I could live with, with what you're talking about, guidance from God like that. All of that is part of salvation. And the gift of salvation is available to you right now. And maybe for somebody, this is the moment to finally receive it. While we're praying, if you would say, I want to receive the gift of salvation in Jesus. I want to ask him to forgive my sin and save my life. Then right now, I want you to raise your hand. Right now, just raise it with me really high as your way of saying, I want that gift. Way up in the top in the back. Thank you, sir. Anyone else? I just want to make sure you connect with me. Keep your hand up real high so I can see you. Over in, uh, in the middle on my right. Thank you, ma'am. I see you. That's excellent. Anyone else? I don't want to miss you. This moment is incredibly important for somebody to once and for all say yes to Jesus. Ask him to forgive your sin and save your life. If you're outside, you raise your hand. If you're online, type it in. Say, I want uh, to give my life to Jesus. And then those of you who had your hand raised, would you just pray with me for a moment? And maybe for somebody, you actually need to recommit your life to Jesus today. In the back in my left right over here. Thank you. That's great. Just pray with me and just say, Jesus Christ, I believe in you. Actually, every voice, you can join with those with a hand raised and say that together. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. One more time, everybody say that together. Jesus Christ, I believe in you. I believe that you paid the price in full so that I could receive eternal life. I believe that you're alive, Jesus. And so I'm asking you to, you pray something like this. I'm asking you to come into my life and be my Lord. Be in charge of me. Somebody with your hand raised right now, you need to just simply cry out to him, Jesus, help. Jesus, help. Jesus, help. <laughs> Jesus, help. And you heard a prophetic song a little earlier in the service that, that there, is, there is power and that there is holiness and that there is healing. Those three things, Holy Spirit just spoke over you. Right now, maybe you say, Jesus, I need your healing. My, my heart that's broken, I need your healing. My body that hurts, I need your healing. Maybe it's... You, you've, been, you've been wandering. And so you're saying that the holiness, would you clean me off, set me free and clean me off and bring me back into that holiness? Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Those of you who had your hand raised, you can put it down now. And our ministry team will be looking for you that, uh, to give you a Bible, those kind of things. But I want everybody to stand up for a moment. And as you're standing up, would you just simply say in this moment, Holy Spirit, more of you. Maybe something like that. Holy Spirit, more of you. Holy Spirit, more of you. Holy Spirit. Maybe everybody could say it together. Holy Spirit, more of you. In my mornings, in my work day, in the evening, when I'm sleeping, Holy Spirit, more of you. Holy Spirit, more of you. I'm telling you, you want this. When you live a Holy Spirit, more of you life, you have supernatural power and energy fueling you from inside to live in increasing measure of victory. Don't you want it? When you cry out, Holy Spirit, more of you, you have the Spirit of the living God working within you. And as He works within you, miracles pour forth in your life and even unto other people. Holy Spirit, more of you. Somebody boldly pray that with me. Holy Spirit, more of you. I don't want to just be full of myself. I want to be full of you, Holy Spirit. I don't want to be full of my own wisdom. I want to be full of you, Holy Spirit. And whatever you would reveal to me, more of you. 
Holy Spirit, more of you. Holy Spirit, more of you. Hey, Holy Spirit, more of you. Oh, Holy Spirit, more of you. Oh, Holy Spirit, more of you. Oh, Holy Spirit, more of you. Christ is my firm foundation. Sing that out. He's the rock. Yeah. Yes, he is. Everything else. I put my trust in you, Jesus. Hallelujah.